وَلَا تَكُونُوا And do not be like the one who كَلَّتِي Like she who Meaning do not be كَلَّتِي Like the woman who نَقَضَتْ Who untwisted Because نَقْضَ Remember I told you earlier It's used for breaking of the yoke But it literally means نَقْضُ الْحَبَلْ To untie a rope You know because a rope How is it made? It's twisted fiber Right? It's twisted So to unravel it Untie it You're opening it up And this is the same as Breaking a promise A commitment Because when you're making a promise All the terms and conditions One after the other You are You know putting them together But then when you break the promise What do you do? Unravel the whole thing So do not be like the woman who Naqadat Naqadat over here is being used in its literal sense Who untwisted She untwisted What? Ghazlaha Her spun thread Ghazl From the root letters Ghayn zay lam Ghazl Ghazl is basically Yarn Or thread that has been Spun Do you know how thread is made? Or yarn is made? From what? Your clothes are made from what? Thread. That thread comes from where? Okay, so for example, wool or cotton, okay, or silk or whatever it is. So wool, what is it like? It's just a bunch of fibers, very, very thin fibers, correct? Now how is it that a thread is made from it? Do you know? Do you remember that movie, that cartoon movie? Huh? Sleeping Beauty was it? Yes, Sleeping Beauty. So you know what I'm talking about, right? That she had this big spinning wheel and she would be just making thread all the time from wool. And back in the day when they had no spinning wheels, people would make thread how? By hand. And what would they do? They would take, for example, a whole bunch of wool. Color it if they wanted to, if they didn't just leave it plain. And then you take a whole lot of you know, wool in your hand and you thin it out in your hand, okay? And then you twist it. Twist it and then stretch it and pull it. Okay? Twist it and stretch it, pull it. And as you keep doing that, the thread comes out. Okay, this is a thread. What you're spinning and twisting in your fingers and as you're pulling it out, that's forming into a thread. Okay? And then again they would twist it one more time or two more times to make sure that it's fine and it's also strong. Okay? Then they made the hand spinning wheel and then also the big machines and now of course everything is done in big factories. But still there are people who are obsessed with this craft and they will still do it. Hmm? Now this is a very difficult process, especially when you're doing it by hand. Just imagine the entire thread, what are you doing? Twisting, 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 spinning with your fingers and then pulling and then twisting and then pulling and then twisting and then pulling and then you're redoing the whole thing and the whole thing again and again and again. It's a lot of hard work and it involves your fingers. And I was just thinking that just doing housework, you know, makes my hands tired. When did a woman have the energy to make thread so that she would make clothes for her family? It's a lot of hard work. It is said there was this woman in Makkah. And this woman, she would make thread. And what would she do? Her ghazl, her thread, she would break it up again. She would break it up again. Like, you know, literally shred it to bits and then open it up 
نَقَضَتْ غَزْلَهَا مِنْ بَعْدِ قُوَّةٍ After قُوَّة Meaning after the thread was made strong. How was it made strong? By spinning, by twisting it over and over again. So much hard work went into it. But then what did she do? She shredded it into ankatha. Ankatha is a plural of nakth. And nakth is fiber. Thread that is shredded. You know for example sometimes your clothes, you see a thread sticking out and you pull it. That's what? Nakth. Okay? So this woman, this is what she would do. She would shred her thread into bits, open up the whole thing. Tell me something. If she did this all day long, she's just making a thread and she's shredding it to bits, what would you say about her? Is she normal? What would you say about her? She must be suffering from some problem. There must be some issue. Because no normal person would do this. That all day long they're making their thread and then at the end they are destroying their hard work. So likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, don't be like that woman. You put in so much hard work into making a commitment. Sometimes legal documents are pages and pages long. They're this thick, like literally an inch thick, so many pages. Terms and conditions. Terms and conditions. Have you ever read them? You know when you're told, I agree to these terms and conditions, this friend of mine, once she actually read them, because she's like, if I'm agreeing to all these terms and conditions, I better know what they are. But it's a whole lot of just legal writing. with a, Half of which you don't even understand. The implications of them you don't even understand. But anyway, making a contract is not something small. Let me give you the example of a marriage. Marriage is also a contract. Is there any work that goes into it? Or just two people come, one man from here and a woman from here, and she says, oh yeah, let's get married. Okay, let's sign the contract. Does it go like that? No. If you don't know them from before, you get a background check, and you ask their family members, and you ask their friends, and you ask one family, and then another family, and a sheikh, and then you Google them, and you see their Facebook, and you see their Twitter, and you see who their friends are, and who they speak to, and where they hang out, and what their likes are. So much work goes into it. And then finally, after multiple meetings, when you agree that, okay, we can go ahead with this, then what happens? How much money is spent? A lot. Right? On the clothes, on the home, and before the home, the celebration and the gifts and mahal and so on and so forth. There's so much gone into it. Getting married is not, I mean, it's easy, technically, but you know that it's not all that easy. It's quite complicated. You put in so much hard work into making this contract. Now don't shred it to bits. Just because you're upset and you say, talaq, talaq, talaq. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. And unfortunately some people, they use the words talaq as if they are nothing. As if they have no implications. And it can have serious implications. There are amazing stories. You wonder, what were they thinking? One talaq happened just because the man said, he got angry with something and he said, by Allah, you are divorced. If I don't die right now, you are divorced. Really? Seriously? And what happens? One after the other and then they realize, oh, it's the third divorce. Finished. It's finished now. Children, the house, so many things are going to be affected. You put in a lot of hard work in making this family. Don't destroy it just because you're angry and irritated over something. 
Assalamu alaikum I have never come across any divorced woman who is happy and you know a lot of them they did it in haste I know one person who regrets it and probably will regret it till she lives you know they're just in so much haste and anger inside of them there's no sort of forgiveness there's no patience and I see that a lot nowadays like you know oh this is her second marriage she got divorced the first time it's so so common may Allah give patience to our communities Amen. I mean yes divorce is a way out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated it he has allowed it and it is to be applied in situations which are I mean really it's necessary for the couple to be divorced it's understandable but majority of the times it's not reasonable why is one person upset over the other because he's got such and such friends and she does this and this this is part of life Assalamu alaikum I remember once uh, Sheikh was saying this woman she keeps begging her husband divorce me, divorce me and he uh, refused then she told him if you don't divorce me I'm going to go to the government I'm going to take your kids I'm going to destroy your life I will do this, I will do that and he was holding his hand like this and listening to her he died there out of the heart attack Allah Akbar so any kind of contract any kind of commitment that is made it requires work Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says don't destroy it like the woman who because she's not normal this is what she does she twists her thread she spins it and then she shreds it to bits Allah asks us تَتَّخِذُونَ you take aymanakum your oaths dakhalan as deceit bainakum between you this is a question that is being asked meaning why did you make the contract in the first place if you are now breaking it why did you agree to it in the first place why did you make it think about it a marriage when it's contracted if it's with the intention of divorce Is that called marriage? Think about it. If two people are getting married, that means that they agree that we will do our best to stay with each other for the rest of our lives. Dakhal is from the root letters Dal, Kha, Lam. Dakhala is to enter. And Dakhal is used for something that is inserted in the middle of something in order to cause disruption, in order to cause facade, to create problems. Okay? And dakhal is also used for deceit, cheating. Why? Because when deceit enters the heart, then what happens? Good? What happens? Corruption. So, تَتَّخِذُونَ أَيْمَانَكُمْ دَخَلًا بَيْنَكُمْ You took those oaths and made those contracts in deceit? Was it just a show? Just a pretense that you are showing to the other that you were very committed, but in your heart you're not actually committed you had some other motive you had some other objective behind that contract and what was that antakuna that it becomes who becomes ummatun a group here it meaning that ummah becomes arba more numerous min ummatin than another group the word arba is from rabu raba wa and rabu riba from the same root what does it mean to rise to grow to increase So the real reason why you made that contract was not because you were 
you know, starting a new relationship with somebody and you had a lifelong commitment and you really wanted the business to grow. No, no, no. Your actual intention was that one group should become more in their number or their money, their wealth than the other. Meaning you just wanted some personal gain out of it. And as soon as you got that personal gain, you just ditched the other and walked away. You just ditched them and you went away. Now this happens many times. When two people come together, for example, for the purpose of a business. One person, he invests his money, and the other person invests his plan. Okay? Now the person who put the plan together, what happens? He somehow excludes the other, who's put in all the money. Because now he got the money. Okay? Now he will do something, he will go against the terms and conditions. Why? Just so that he can take all those $50,000 and the initial investor, he doesn't have any share left. We hear these stories all the time. A contract was made, a business was started, one party cheated the other, one group cheated the other and walked away with half a million dollars, with one million dollars. and One group had such a big loss in legal battles, one after the other. Why? Why is this happening? Why was the initial contract made? Apparently for a good cause. But in the heart was khiyana. Sometimes it happens even when people are getting married. Literally. Marriage is done not for the purpose of you know, having a family, but just to get a passport to a different country. So as soon as they get that paperwork, come abroad, ditch the wife, and go off with girlfriends. Yes, it happened so many times. That marriage contract was made and so much love was expressed and lavish gifts were given and the heart was given apparently. And what happened? As soon as she went to that country or he went to the other country, khalas, I don't know you and you don't know me. So what was the real objective? Hmm? Some personal gain. And as soon as you got that personal gain, you abandoned the other person. Allah says, إِنَّمَا Indeed not but يَبْلُوكُمُ اللَّهُ بِهِ Allah tests you with this. Allah is trying you, testing you in these situations. Testing what? Your honesty. Your decency. That how honest are you? That just because you got that benefit, you got that gain, now you walk away. And you abandon the other person. You cheated them, you used them. And so many times it happens that innocent people are used for one reason or another. For more money, for more liberty, for whatever. People are used. إِنَّمَا يَبْلُوكُمُ اللَّهُ بِهِ Allah tries you and tests you that what do you do in these situations? How do you deal with others? وَلِيُبَيِّنَنَّ لَكُمْ And surely, definitely He will make clear to you يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the day of judgment مَا كُنْتُمْ فِيهِ تَخْتَلِفُونَ That in which you used to differ. Because differences always arise. Two business partners, husband and wife, a contract was made. And yes, differences will arise. And a person thinks, okay, if I end this relationship, if I end this contract, what do I have to lose? Hardly anything. So just finish it. Forget it. Yes, the other person is going to lose everything. What do I care about them? Allah tested you. Do you do adl? Do you do ihsan? Or do you do fahsha and munkar and baghi? What do you do? He was testing you. So remember that any person who makes a contract, any kind of contract, he will be tested. 
he will definitely be tried. He will be tried. How? That situations will come when he will find a way out, you know, with a whole lot of benefit, and the other person will have to take the entire loss. He can run away, safe and secure, and the other person will have to suffer the entire loss. But this is a test. And whatever a person does, it will be shown on the Day of Judgment. What is it that you did? How is it that you dealt with others? So from this ayah, what do we learn? That any promise, any commitment that is made, it should not be made for the sake of personal gain only. Because if personal gain is the objective, then what happens? You don't care about the other person? You don't care about the growth of, you know, for example, the company or the business? And you will end up cheating, you will end up being deceitful, and you will end up hurting others. And before you hurt others, you will hurt yourself. وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ And if Allah wanted, لَجَعَلَكُمْ Surely He would have made you ummatan wahida, one ummah. وَلَكِنْ بَعْ يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءَ وَيَهْدِ مَنْ يَشَاءَ He misleads whomsoever He wills, and He guides whomsoever He wills. وَلَتُسْأَلُنَّ عَمَّا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And you will definitely be questioned about what you used to do. If Allah wanted, all the people would have been together on the same page. No differences, perfect clean hearts for one another, but that's not the case. When people will come together, they will have differences. And through these differences, Allah is testing them. Before the marriage, the man thought perfect wife, the woman thought perfect husband. After the marriage, from the second day, differences. I don't like this food, but I love this food. I don't like this car, but I love this car. I don't like this area, but I love this area. I don't want you to do this work, but I want to do this work. These differences will happen. Why? Because people are not all identical. They think differently. They have different likes and dislikes. And in this is a test. And on the Day of Judgment, what will be shown? What you did. How you dealt with others. How you behaved with each other. وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا أَيْمَانَكُمْ And do not take your oaths. دَخَلًا As a means of deceit. بَيْنَكُمْ Between you. Same word, دَخَل is being used. That you insert you know, these oaths in the contract. You say, Wallahi, Wallahi, Wallahi. Why? To convince the other. You don't actually mean to stay with that woman for the rest of your life, but you just show that you love her because you want that passport. And when you will do that, will it have any consequences? Will it have any consequences that you make oaths just to deceive the other, just to make them believe you, and then later on you break it? When you will break the contract, will it have any consequences? You will run off with money, you will run off with a passport, but what about the other person? And what about those who are watching? Those who are looking on? What will they perceive about the religion of Islam? How will they think about Muslims? فَتَزِلَّ قَدَمٌ Lest it will slip. تَزِلَّ زَيْ لَامْ لَامْ زَلَلْ To slip. It will slip. What will slip? قَدَمٌ Foot. The foot will slip. بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِهَا After its firmness. The foot was firm and then it slipped. What does it mean? What does it mean? That now definitely you will end up making more and more mistakes. Because when a person does khiyana, he says on the surface, yes, I will be there. Yes, I will do this. And in the heart, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to do it. What will happen? He will end up breaking the promise. He will end up Breaking not just one term, but another term, and another term, and another condition, and 
فَتَزِلَّ قَطَمٌ بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِهَا Many, many wrong things will happen. You know when you're being made to agree to do something and you think you cannot do it, don't say you're going to do it. Tell the other person, I cannot do it. Or share your concerns with them. But if you say on the outward, yes, yes, I will do it. And in the heart you're saying, I'm never going to do this. And on the apparent, you also swear an oath by Allah to convince the other person. But then, what will happen later on? Will you be able to abide by the terms and conditions? No. Because you know your limitations. You won't be able to. فَتَزِلَّ قَتَمٌ بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِهَا Definitely you will make errors later on. This can be understood in a different way also. قَدَمٌ This foot, it's referring to the people who are watching or the people who are being dealt with. That they became quite firm you know, on Islam, in the sense that they thought positively about Muslims, they thought very positively about the religion of Islam. But when they dealt with you, and you cheated them, now their foot will slip, and they will say, no way, this Islam, these Muslims, I'm never going to deal with them again. فَتَزِلَّ قَدَمٌ بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِهَا Tell me something, these days, Islam, if the image is bad, whose fault is it? It's us, right? Because we lie and we cheat. We cheat one another. We lie to each other. Then of course we will lie to others also. All the time. People will say that they're divorced, which is why they need more money, whereas they're not divorced. They're not. They will say they don't have an income, whereas they certainly have an income. They're working somewhere else. And they will show, we have no employment here. So, or they're getting money under the table. And when people find out, what do they think about Muslims? Greedy, liars, cheaters, dishonest people. Unreliable. So whether you are renting out an apartment or a home or you're making a contract, so many checks. Many times Muslims are referred to as a parasite community. Because sucking, 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 taking, taking, taking and not giving back. And sometimes when we're just taking, taking, we're taking through illegal means Haram means through lies and deceit. فَتَزِلَّ قَدَمٌ بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِهَا If people don't think positively about us, perhaps we should think, is it our fault? Are we doing something wrong? We just blame other people and don't think about our own faults. Where are we lacking? We are part of the problem. وَتَذُوقُ السُّوءُ And you would taste evil. Meaning evil consequences where? In this life and the next. Why? بِمَا صَدَتْتُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Because you prevented people from the way of Allah. You showed such a bad image of Islam, of Muslims, that what happened? Other people, they keep away from Islam. وَلَكُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And for you is a great punishment. This ayah is so clear. It's so clear. Because many times Muslims say, you know, kuffar, you can lie to them, you can cheat with them, because, you know, they're kuffar. They're not Muslim. But what does this ayah say? That even non-Muslims, be true to your word, be true to your promises. When you're making an oath, mean it. Don't lie. When you make a commitment, fulfill it. Don't cheat. Because you are not just hurting the other person, you're hurting Islam. You're hurting all the Muslims. All the Muslims. Because next time that individual will have to deal with Muslims, he will think about you. He will think about you. فَتَزِلَّ قَدَمٌ بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِهَا 
And unfortunately, there have been many stories where, you know, for example, Muslim men, they come to Western countries and they, uh, you know, get married to a white woman, for instance, and they show to her that, you know, they'll always be there, whatever. And then what happens? As soon as they have their paperwork done, they leave her, they import their family from back home, and now they're fine. And that woman who was used, literally used, this used to happen a lot before. Now it's become different because there are too many Muslims, so why would you go to a non-Muslim, just use another Muslim girl? No, seriously. When there weren't that many Muslims in Western countries, who was being used? Just not Muslims. Yeah, you can marry Ahlul Kitab, you can have two wives. You know, why not? And then as soon as you have your paperwork done, khalas end the relationship and this woman what do you think she's going to think about Islam about Muslims that this man used me literally he used me and then thereafter if there is any you know man who is genuine in his love and his commitment to a woman he will not be trusted that he is also going to use us and go away Look at the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. When he made promises with others, did he fulfill them? Even with non-Muslims? Think about Sulh Hudaybiyah. The contract was barely all put together when a companion came. Remember? The son of Suhail ibn Amr. How he came. He ran away because he was tied up somewhere. He was being abused and he was desperate. That will you not take me, O Muslims? Will you leave me at the hands of these enemies? But because the contract was already in process, the Prophet ﷺ didn't stop that. He sent him back. As difficult as it was, he sent him back. Look at how true the Prophet ﷺ was to his promise. And we are willing to break it at every little excuse. وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِعَهْدِ اللَّهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا And do not exchange the covenant of Allah for a small price. Meaning for a petty gain, for some worldly gain. إِنَّمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Because that which is with Allah هُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ It is better for you. What Allah has is much, much better for you. If you lie, you break a promise, you break a commitment, you cheat the other person, and you make $150 more a month, really, is it worth it? $200, maybe $700, okay, $1,500 you make a month, you have more of an income. What is that? Thamanan qalila, a petty price. It's a small worldly gain. And remember that the money which is earned through haram, and this is haram, by the way. And I make this clear again, this is absolutely haram. That we lie to others about our marital status, about our financial status, and we gain money for free. This is haram money. Food that is bought with that is haram food. Education that is acquired with that is haram education. Bills that are paid with that for a house, that is haram. Then where will the barakah come? How will there be peace in our families, in our households? How will relationships be healthy? This is haram money. It is thamanan qalilan, a petty, petty price. Meaning something so insignificant because of which you're putting your akhirah at stake. How much can you enjoy? $1,500. How much? It can go away like this. You know when you go for groceries, how your money just goes away. And how that food also finishes so quickly. Was it worth it? You gain a little bit of 
advantage in this worldly life and you're putting your akhirah at stake? Thamanan qalila. That which is with Allah is far better. The reward which Allah has in store for you for your honesty, for your sabr over poverty, for your being content with even a little amount that is halal, Allah will give you that which is much better. So trust Him. The provision that is decreed for you, that is meant for you, will most certainly come to you. It will come to you. It will find you. You don't really have to go find it. It will find you. That money will reach you. Those things will reach you which are meant for you. But it's about how you get it. That you are responsible for. That which is with Allah is far better. In kuntum ta'alamun, if you have knowledge, meaning if you have even a little bit of ilm, even a little bit of knowledge of the deen, then you would not be making haram money. Then you would not be earning money through false means. I was just thinking that we all have golden rules that we live by. And Allah is giving us a golden rule of, you know, being a person of your word. And that will lead to, you know, honesty. And that will lead to, you know, keeping your promises. And all this stuff that just because you're being following that one golden rule, you can earn Jannah. Exactly. A good reputation. You know, healthy relationships. It's a very, very unique golden rule which will improve your life drastically. Assalamu alaikum. I'm working as a supply and daycare. And I went to one center and we start talking about Islam and I told her cheating and haram things and she told me then why most of kids here they say we are single mother and they take subsidy. And I told her maybe they are not practicing. I don't think so. She told me they were like you. So they must be practicing. Yeah. This is amazing. Where Muslims will say, you know, Muslim mothers will come and say we are single and this is why we need this discount and that discount and we need this government you know provision and that provision and at the same time we also say that zina is haram then how did you have that child if you're a single woman 50 of you all 50 of you are divorced everyone is divorced how is that possible assalamu alaikum a lot of the times people um, do this, do qiyana and these illegal transactions because they feel like to do halal is like impossible. Hmm. So every time someone tells me like, it really bothers me when I find out like these kind of things. And if I tell them like, why are you doing this? Or a small example is um, people, were, some, some youth were applying for a job and you had to have specific experiences for it and they didn't so what they did is they borrowed somebody else's resume and just threw their name on it and then after um i was having a debate saying what like why do we have to do this just for a job and you're gonna like you're saying you're asking allah for money so that you don't have to take osap but then you're making uh, using a false resume to get a job at the end of the day it's all just and then after they're like well you can't get by in this country without um, you know, um, doing these things, and then after I said, "What? Then why do you live here if you don't feel like you can, like you know, uh, do anything halal? Like if, if if you have to do haram, why on earth are you here?" Exactly, and the thing is that when you lie and cheat initially, I mean later on your lies are exposed. The reality is exposed. Assalamualaikum. Once I have like I'm used to do the babysit. There is a lady. She's a Muslim. She's wearing hijab and everything. And uh, she said like now I'm I can't send my uh, son for the babysit because the subsidies they don't want me to give because she showed that she is a single mother. 
although she lives with her husband and everything and she's wearing hijab and so she's like what she's showing that being a muslim she was telling lie to the government now the government knows that she's not a single mom yeah again i remind you this is haram it is haram we don't understand we think haram is riba Haram is alcohol. Haram is pork. Yes, that is haram. But this kind of money is also haram. Would you ever put pork in your child's mouth? Then how can you put haram money, food bought with haram money into your child's mouth? Assalamu alaikum. I think what people need to understand is that when you lie, the first person you lie to is to yourself. Also as a Muslim, whether we know it or not, we're all ambassadors to our religion. Yes. Many years ago when Muslims went to Europe, the reason a lot of Europeans took the Islam as their religion was not what the Muslims preached it, but it was the way Muslims behaved it and conducted themselves. It's the akhlaq, it's the dealings with people. If we connect this to the previous verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, like what he has allowed us to do and what he hasn't allowed us to do. It's again, it's he's telling us how to live our life amongst people, not only amongst Muslims, but also amongst non-Muslims. And this is only for our own betterment. I know someone who, the reason he's able to get, alhamdulillah, good jobs and stuff is because he is constantly truthful and honest. Every time someone has asked him, you know, why don't you just add this to your resume? Why don't you do that? He's like, no, how can I say I've done it even though, you know, I haven't? And alhamdulillah, because of that, he was able to get such a good reference from his previous job place that he was able to get a good job now just because he was honest. Even though before he was in a time where he didn't have a job, just because of his honesty, his previous work, like previous employer, he gave him such a good reference that alhamdulillah he was able to get a great job. And this was just because of his honesty. And all his, all, all his colleagues respect him just because of how truthful he is. And they're like, oh, you're the first person I've met who's like this, like a Muslim man who's just so uh, honest and respectable. It was slightly saddening to hear that he was the only one who'd gotten such a good reference. They're all surprised, oh wow, he's such an honest Muslim man. So subhanAllah, it's, we really need to think about the image we're giving to others. Mm-hmm. And if we just actually read and try to follow even a little bit of the verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, we will find that people will think much better of us and they will treat us much better just because we are being honest to them. Yes. And you see, being dishonest and cheating other people, what's the reason behind that? Greed. A little bit more money. A little bit more benefit. But what is that compared to the loss in the akhirah? My question is, now that we know that in the Qur'an we're supposed to be just, and we're supposed to show an example of Muslims, how can we actually fix this problem that we're having as a community and stop this cycle of dishonesty? And Yeah, it's unfortunately very, very common. Amr bil ma'roof wa nahiyanul munkar. Commanding that which is right and forbidding from that which is wrong. It's the responsibility of the sister to tell the sister, no, if you're showing that you're a single mom, that's a lie. Don't do that. This is haram money. I feel that we've all lost trust in Allah because we're playing this victim game where we think we can't do something or we can't get it if we don't lie. But if you had trust in Allah, you would know that no matter what you did, you would get it. So we all need to like go back and have trust in Allah. Know that if you do tell the truth, if you're meant to get the job, you'll get it. If you're meant to get that degree, you'll get it. It doesn't matter what you do. In my university, like you get this U-pass for students and it's like you can go on the Mississauga Transit for 10 months for only about like $40. It's included in your tuition, but 
One time I was on the bus and I already graduated from university and there was this girl who was going to university and she was like a hijabi, she was a Muslim. And like she was a nice girl and she's like, why don't you just buy it off someone? So basically she was suggesting that I pretend to be a student going to university and buy the U-pass rather than pay the bus fare every time. And like I didn't tell, like I feel like I should have told her this, but like I feel like if you restrict your means and pretend to be like needy, then Allah will always keep you in that position. Like if Allah gave me a job and if He gave me money to pay the bus fare, then why should I not pay it, right? Yes, very true. This is what you said at the end, that if you always think that you're needy and you live like that, then Allah will keep you needy. Because in hadith also we learn that whoever tries to be self-sufficient, Allah makes himself sufficient. Allah gives himself sufficiency. A person who seeks independence from people, that I should not just be constantly you know, taking, 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 I should do something to look after myself, then Allah will make himself sufficient. Assalamualaikum. This reminds me of when we spoke like in a previous class about how Whatever risk is meant for us in our lifetime, it's already written and it's up to us. Like whether we choose an illegal way or a halal way of getting it, it's going to be the same in the end. Exactly. Yes. Most of the Muslims believe that if they are paying their zakat, they are doing their share. That's why they don't need to pay the tax. But what I feel that if you can get away without telling a lie and get away with the tax, Maybe that's right, but that's not possible in Canada. So I think paying tax is as important as paying your zakat. Yeah, zakat is your obligation to your Lord. As a Muslim, you have to give zakat. And living in a particular country, getting benefits from there, that's your obligation to the country. And that you have to give those taxes. Assalamu alaikum. If we think about like our life, we were planting a tree, right? If we like plant like rotten seeds, like messed up seeds, everything else is going to turn out corrupted, right? Yes. Of course. What you sow is what you reap. What you put in the ground is what you get for yourself. I'm a bit shy in saying whatever I want to say, but I just want sisters, really, really sisters who say that they are single or they are whatever, and when they are not. First of all, as sister said, as the teacher said, it's haram. The other thing I'm saying is, please, just be mindful of the impact it's having on your co-sisters yes. or your co-brothers, your sons and daughters who are working in that industry. When people come to you and tell you, what about this? And sometimes they say, we can't have a handshake with a male person. Or they're very well dressed and you really love how they're dressed as Muslims, yet what they say is different. I would just request anybody to just take a minute to think about the impact they're having on those people who are in that industry. Thank you. On the Muslims who are working in this industry, that how much shame and embarrassment they have to live with all day. Like literally your employees are looking at you like, yeah, one of your kind has come again. And I wonder what story they're going to make, what they're going to offer. And at the same time, what impact you're having on people who are genuinely in need that how much they have to do in order to prove that they are in need. You're making life difficult for your own brothers and sisters. Assalamu alaikum. Similar to what the sister said at the back, like for us, like I go to high school, and I want to see the vice principal to make arrangements for Allah prayers, because it's going to fall during school time. 
And at our school, it's always a complicated business. And she wasn't happy about it. Every year she isn't. And so I asked, why is that you have an issue every year for us? Like, they let us do Juma prayers. Why not Lohar prayers? Because it's in between class time. And she said that, few years ago, there was a sister or brother, I forget, and how they also went to the vice principal and asked for arrangements to be made for the Harpers. And he said, you know, we have to come every day and this is a big deal for us and everything. And so the vice principal made arrangements for them. And got a separate room for them and let them leave class five minutes early and all of that stuff. And then after a while she said that the sister or the brother didn't come afterwards. They came regularly for the first few weeks and then they didn't come afterwards. And then they came again and they didn't come again. And then she found out that that was just an excuse to miss class. When there was a test, the brother or sister would leave and then and they'd use prayer as an excuse. So then the vice principal now, she had an image of you know daily prayers as something that's you know not genuine. Like it was just a thing made for convenience. And that effect has fallen on us now. Like the sister mentioned of those who might be in need. So those of us who genuinely want to pray Lohar at school, it's an issue for us now because now the vice principal doesn't know whether to trust us or not. I was also just to answer a question how we can like make this cycle stop is to stop making excuses like oh, for example we have to as a high, university student I have to pay three dollars while as a high school student I have to pay two dollars just saying like we're still students just pay two dollars stop making excuses and saying like those people are not being fair to us or it's not fair that I have to pay so much extra but just know that Allah is testing you and what you're doing is not about how if they're being unfair or not. So just always look at yourself and know that one day we're going to return back to Allah. So be prepared for that. Exactly. The how to stop this virus from spreading and this unfortunately so many people are afflicted by this. How do you stop that? First of all, with your own example. With your own example. Because when you will do things the halal way, you're setting an example for people that it is possible to do things the halal way. Assalamualaikum. I work in the subsidized housing industry and I work specifically with people who live with a mental health issue and a sister approached me saying how can I get documents that my son is mentally sick so I could get into subsidized housing. So just throwing that into the mix. I came here just to remind all of us, Sister Tamiya, she said, you clearly it's haram and it's not too late to do toba because uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, every human being can do a mistake, but if it's uh, time, we are alive, so we can do toba. So all of us, if any of us doing this, so subhanAllah, we have to do toba and we have to stop right now. Because in the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will ask what we know. If we don't know, we can say, oh Allah, we don't know. But if we know, we will be questionable exactly. of what we know. Yes. I'm a tutor. All the time I have to be pushy to the parents. I need checks, right? Because I have to show my income. I am telling you, I know I had Hindu students as well, and I have Hindu students as well. They are cooperating with me, but the Muslims, like uh, especially the mothers when they come, they say, no, we're going to give you cash. So you know, it's like a big trouble for me, for especially for my husband. You know, we took the cash and put them back into the, you know, the bank, then because just to show them, because I have to pay the tax. So, oh, sorry, before you move on, it's actually the other way around usually. When you're giving somebody a check, they say, I cannot take a check, please give me cash. Because if I take a check, then I'll have to pay taxes. Then I'll have to register my business. 
And uh, a lot of mothers, they know me here because, uh, because I have all the time pushy to them. You know, you have to pay me the checks. You know, one time, like, what happened? Uh, one lady, she said to me, I can't afford that, you know. So um, I said, okay, whatever you were saying, I'm going to, because, like, you know, the boy, I gave her concession. And I give the receipt, uh, receipt to that lady. And, you know, she said, she showed the receipt to everybody. She said, you know, after that, a lot of women, they came to me, can you give free tuition to my son? Because, look, he is a hafiz, right? So she spread it to everybody like she's a soft-hearted woman. So you can say she showed the receipt to that person. Then I discussed with my husband, if I'm giving receipt to them, right, and with a concession, look, they, what they are spreading like this. So whatever they do, I give receipt to them. Yeah. Subhanakallahu